Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Comics with Normies on the White Rocket Entertainment Network. This is the show where I, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, get a normie, or a person from my life who hasn't really read comics before, to read a comic book and then give us their overall thoughts on it. This way, we get an outsider's point of view on the comics that we love and maybe not love so much here on the show. Either way, we get to see what our hobby looks like to those normal folks that we see walking around each and every day. Again, I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at Star Trek number 46 from DC Comics. It is the January 1988 issue. And now let's meet our normie for this episode. We have Mr. Tim May, who has graciously agreed to be on this episode to talk about some late 80s Star Trek comics. Now, how do I know Tim? He's one of the few people I've had on the show that I actually don't know from my personal life. I just kind of put out a call on social media and said, hey, would anybody like to come in as a guest? I've started running out of people who live near me <laughs> that I know. So now I'm getting strangers. So I got Mr. Tim May answered the call over on Twitter and said, yeah, he'd like to be on. And as usual, I provided, I think, four options. I usually provide four options to the guests. They picked the comic. I mailed it to Tim. We are now meeting virtually and recording to talk about some 1988 Star Trek comics. Having said all that, welcome to the show, Tim. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. It is our pleasure to have you here on the White Rock Entertainment Network, and specifically on Comics with Normie. So let's get some things out of the way right away. Let's kind of figure out what our barometer is going to be set for Tim here. All right, Tim, we're into nerd stuff here. We like comic books. We like movies and video games and, you know, all your sources of nerdery here on the White Rocket Network and on Comics with Normies. What kind of hobbies do you have? What do you enjoy doing? I'm into um, the nerd hobbies that have become popular lately as far as uh, you know the movies mm. i love all the marvel movies you know famous star wars growing up as well as star trek i started watching the original series with my dad when i was a kid uh, you know reruns of course and then i, I watched the whole uh, next generation series growing up uh, it was appointment viewing for for most of the family for us <laughs> we all enjoyed it i'm also into dungeons and dragons i picked that up about 10 years ago a little later in life and really enjoy playing D&D. Like pencil uh, and paper, gather yep. around a table. Pencil That's and paper, cool, gather around a table. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, I like books, reading. Honestly, of all the, quote, nerd-related hobbies, comics is probably the only one I haven't gotten into at some point in my life. That makes you perfect for the show. Perfect, I say. <laughs> No, that's cool. I, I noticed there's been a resurgence of D&D coming back. More and more people are getting into it. Yeah, they really have. Younger people as well. So my son, who's uh, seven, really enjoys playing. And uh, my daughter is four. She even uh, really enjoys playing. And uh, a lot of people their age and a little older seem to be kind of getting into it. Maybe it's kind of a backlash or a pushback against so much digital entertainment, which I think is great. No, I feel that too. My family and I have taken to doing a lot more tabletop gaming. I got a 13-year-old mm -hmm. boy and a five-year-old boy, and they love the tabletop gaming. We bust out that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, I think now that digital is so big, it's kind of fun to go back to the roots, and I'm glad you found that. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned something else earlier that, I, that just hit a chord with me. You mentioned Star Trek The Next Generation was appointment viewing. <laughs> I miss appointment viewing. In this world where everything's on demand, I kind of miss like that feeling like, wait, it's, it's Thursday, and at 7 o'clock, I got to be sitting down in front of my TV. 
you know? Yeah, I, I kind of do miss that as well. And my kids have no idea what that even is, <laughs> honestly. Mine neither. And I think I kind of wonder if uh, Game of Thrones might have been the last appointment viewing show that we really ever see. I don't know if anything will really get that big again, honestly, but uh, I, I do kind of miss it myself. I can't even remember the last. I guess. No, that's a lie. The last thing I did by appointment viewing was Smallville. Mm. So it's been that long. Yeah, it's been a while. Now everything's digital and on demand. And like our kids have no idea what it's like to have to map out your Saturday morning like we did. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny when we do go somewhere that has regular you know traditional cable they're they're fascinated by the concept of commercials and, <laughs> and the idea that something they want to watch might not be on just blows their minds so yes it's, it's a new it's a new world for it's sure a brave new world that is excellent now my second question you've answered a lot of it already it, my second question per the script what comic book related things are you familiar with you already said you like the marvel movies oh, yes. do you do any comic oriented tv shows or video games kind of dabbled in some of the dc comics TV shows. My wife actually likes them quite a bit. I kind of just watch them when she's watching them. The Star Trek, Star Wars kind of things, those all have uh, you know comics associated with them mm, as true. well. But uh, I'd say the Marvel movies is probably my, my gotcha. closest tie in there. Back to the comic book at hand. We are talking Star Trek number 46 by DC. It's cover dated January 1988. So the next question I always ask my guests, what were you doing in January of 1988? January 1988, I was nine years old, and I was in, if I remember right, third grade. So, you know, kid stuff. Kicking it. <laughs> yeah, living the dream back then. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but... Dan, I'm just a little older than you. I was 12, living in Germany, which was an interesting interesting way to grow up. So, like, this January 88 comic, since I was living in Germany, I probably didn't hit it on our shelves until the summer. Because <laughs> mm. okay. we always got everything later. Yeah. So you were just rocking it in third grade, but you were liking Star Trek back then, right? Watching it with Pop? I did. If, I want to say, I think Next Generation premiered in 89, if I remember right. Yeah, um, I know it premiered while I was in Germany because yeah. we all heard about it, but we couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it was just before that. So I would have still been watching because they still ran in a lot of the reruns of the original series. And uh, I still would have been watching that along with all the other kid shows <laughs> I was into at the time. All right. Let me explain something about living in Germany in the late 80s. You got one channel. They dared to call it the Superstation. It was the only <laughs> station. But they're like, it's the Superstation. The one American channel. I don't remember them showing Star Trek. But I, what I do remember was like I had a couple of episodes on VHS that someone had, had mm. bought for me. Like I had the official ones with the box number. Some people right. had bootleg VHS Star Treks. And that's how we'd see them at school. We'd pass them around. Oh, I've yeah. got an episode in that episode. That's what us nerd kids did back then. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the life, my friend. Well, cool. I guess that about this time, it's time for us to get into the comic itself and learn a little bit about the story. This is the hardest part of every episode <laughs> for the normie to kind of come in, read their first comic, and then give us a brief synopsis of what happened. So I will let you mm -hmm. take it away and tell us what happened in this comic. This one probably wouldn't be as hard for you because you are familiar with the Star Trek universe. Yeah, so you have yeah. some basics as you go in. So what happened in Star Trek number 46 from January of 1988? Take it away, Tim May. I kind of felt like this was sort of an interlude 
type comic. It kind of felt like it probably took place maybe between two different story arcs because it, it kind of was almost like a um, story about the crew just going on vacation. I forget the name of the planet, but they were on some uh, planet, which was sort of uh, presented as a vacation planet. And right. uh, the crew, you know, beamed down to do their various uh, vacation activities. Pretty much right away, Kirk got ambushed by a um, Federation bureaucrat who was named Humbert, I believe. <laughs> uh, just kind of a really ridiculous looking guy, I thought. He was trying to uh, track Kirk down so that he could join the ship as his overseer, which, uh, of course, uh, you know, Kirk is not. He's not cool with that at all. <laughs> Kirk's not big on rules uh, and regulations. No, no, he's not. He spends most of his part of the comic avoiding this guy and, and eventually is able to ditch the guy. <laughs> As only um, Kirk can. <laughs> yeah, and then another group of the crew end up going on a, a skiing trip where one of them gets hurt, broken leg. And then there's a, a, a third kind of running plot where there's the Klingon crew member who is uh, remembering some things he's done in the past when he was part of the Klingon Empire that were not so savory. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of harassed by the people that live on this planet for those things. Mm -hmm. And then there's a fourth subplot where there's a one crewman who I don't remember his name, but he's kind of kind of seems like he, he has a hard time making friends and feels oh, that's, like uh, Lieutenant Bearclaw, I think. Uh, yeah, that's American. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's unique and, uh, to comic book only, I think. I don't think he ever yeah, I, don't, I didn't that. remember him from anywhere else. And he just kind of seemed like he it wasn't that people didn't like him, but he thought people didn't like him. Mm -hmm. But uh, Kind of by the end, he seems like he's made a little progress and, and maybe fitting in and, and feeling a little better about his place on the ship. And everything kind of wraps up neatly and it kind of ends in a spot that uh, I felt like was primed to just kick off another uh, adventure arc. Yeah, I, I can't say for sure. Um, yeah, I haven't read 47 or 45, or if I have, it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. But this definitely does have, as a longtime comic book fan, has the hallmarks of a what we call a filler issue. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. little pause, a little beat, a little breath before you get into your next, you know, you've right. seen them on TV. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll yeah. have sort of that fun episode that just kind of gives you a break. Yeah, the one-offs, the data's day. <laughs> type, uh, episode, you know, just kind of a little interlude. Now, I'm going to go off script here because since you are a Star Trek guy, I want to backtrack about just a couple of points in the story that, that you did a good job on the synopsis, by the way, because there was like really four smaller stories going on. Mm -hmm. The ski trip You'll have to remind me because I read this weeks ago before I mailed it to you to read. Wasn't yeah. it Bones who ended up like just taking himself out on the ski slope? <laughs> it was. I'm almost positive because then he spent the whole rest of the time. Waiting. Yeah, it was. I'm looking at it now. Right into a tree. Right. To and a tree. Uh, he broke a leg and he spends the rest of the time complaining about how badly the, let's see, it's Bones, Uhura, and I believe Chekhov. And uh, he just constantly complains about how poorly they're taking care of him. <laughs> you know Bones. I like that yeah. character. Yep, yep. The other uh, thing I wanted to ask you about, which I thought might, in a small way, now that I know about your history with Star Trek and your next generation history, how interesting is it to you that we have a Klingon crew member in the Federation mm -hmm. introduced before Worf? You know, that was interesting to me. And the first time I saw it, I kind of had to think back because I don't, I think that's kind of a comic book 
only thing too, maybe because I, think I don't it remember. Is. I never remember seeing that in any of the movies. Definitely not the original series, but it was pretty interesting. And they they kind of gave him a much harsher background than Worf. Worf was kind of an easy guy to like because you know he was you know mixed parentage and you know grew up as a as a human basically. But this guy. Seems like he was almost a war criminal. Mm-hmm. Ended up joining the Federation. And, you know, I don't know a lot of his backstory, but he clearly is, you know, upset by what he did. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you found it interesting as well. So I do have a couple of questions for you um, overall for the story. And, and were you entertained? Did you enjoy the comic? I was. I did. I enjoyed it uh, very much, actually. Good. Good deal. One of my questions here says, what powers and abilities do you think our characters have? But this is not a superpower comic. (laughs) Power to complain. (laughs) If if you're Bones, the power to complain. Or Bearclaw, who you pegged him pretty well. I I remember him from other issues of the Star Trek series. And he's sort of very conceited, which turns Mm -hmm. people off. But then he wants to be part of the group. Right. He's having a hard time finding where he fits. And in this issue, he actually makes some progress. You know, he kind of reminded me a little bit of the character uh, Lieutenant Barkley from The Next Generation. And with a similarity in name, I almost wonder Interesting. if there was some inspiration there, perhaps. It was pretty similar, I thought. Yeah, because this was coming out in early 88. The comic mm-hmm. actually hit the stand probably sooner, probably late 87. And like you said, Next Generation's on the heels of this, so they might have take, borrowed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Interesting insight. Um, what was your favorite moment in the comic? What was your favorite part? Uh, I thought my favorite part was when they flash back to the uh, the Klingon. He was kind of remembering himself being forced to um, murder, basically, a young girl. And I thought that was kind of a powerful flashback, and it really uh, struck a chord with me. And I thought it just set up a real interesting character moment for him, and and it made me kind of curious, you know, about his backstory a little bit more and how he played out in the future. So I thought that was probably my my favorite part. Hey, you and me both, I read this and I was like, whoa, you know, I I remember they had this Klingon crew member pre-Worf, but to learn, like you said, we learned that he's done some terrible things. He's got a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of regret. Yes, um, yes, but, but he did Like, wow, he, I mean, he was part of the Klingon Empire and he was wholesale slaughtering innocent people. Yes, yes. Ooh. He was kind of forced into it, it seemed yeah, like, but It was never still. part of his, yeah, he, he didn't do it with any gusto, that's for sure. Right, right. So, interesting character. I want to know more, too. I'm with you. I'm with the normie on this one. <laughs> I want to know more, too, and I, I will take this moment to plug these DC stuff Star Trek comics. I always avoided them in my youth. I stayed away from licensed properties in general. I was like, whatever. Why do I need to read Star Trek comics when I got Star Trek movies and TV shows? I don't mm-hmm. get it. But man, I have read probably 15 or 20 of these things at least now. As I've gotten older, I've sort of doubled back to go, well, what did I miss? They're fantastic. Yeah. They're yeah. really great supplemental material. And I think the comic we're reading now takes place, this issue, number 46, takes place between Star Trek's three and four. I think that seems about right. Well, maybe just right based after. on their just based on their uniforms. This looks like kind yeah, of a movie. They era. do try to they do try to fit into movie continuity. I think this one came right after four. This four yeah. came out in eighty seven. I think. Mm-hmm. Regardless, they did a good job with it. Uh, was there anything in the comic you didn't like or you found too confusing? The only thing I didn't like, and I think I kind of mentioned it to you earlier, was the bureaucrat who, if I, <laughs> his name was Humbert, Humbert or Hubert. I thought he was just a little silly. I had a hard time buying into it. It was his look mainly that threw him off. I mean, the okay. guy kind of looks like a Pee Wee Herman type. <laughs> it was hard to take him seriously. And, and maybe that was the point. But <laughs> Kirk he was, was just, not taking him seriously. <laughs> no, not at all. 
And I, I don't blame him. I mean, if I saw this character coming for me, I'd probably try to get out of here as well. Kind of took me out of it a little bit because it just seemed to be a little much. Okay. Uh, but, but that was about it. Everything else I, I really enjoyed. No, you make a fair point. I mean, character design is important in comics and a visual medium. If the character came off as too silly, then maybe he needed a bit more of a redesign. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. But this has been a good, nice segue because the next major topic we're going to talk about for Star Trek 46 is the art. Okay. We just talked about some character design issues you had with the bureaucrat, but we'll start where all comics start. We'll start with the cover. Mm-hmm. On the cover, what effect does the cover have on you when you look at it? What are some things you like, dislike, overall effect? Just what thoughts do you have? Well, I, I think it immediately kind of grabbed me and I was able to right away recognize the crew members that you see on the front. I knew this was Bones, this is Sulu, this is Kirk. They're very recognizable and it's an interesting scene they've kind of set here. You can tell Kirk's trying to get away from something. You can tell that Bones and Sulu are are happy about what they're going to do. It kind of sets an interesting scene, and uh, I thought it did a good job of grabbing my attention and uh, making me want to read more. Well, that's what covers are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it also has a banner on it that says Shore Leave or something. It does, yes, yes. So you know what you're getting into. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything on the cover you didn't like? Well, no, I thought the cover did a good job overall. I, I thought it was well done. Well, then let's move into the interior art, your panel-to-panel okay. sequential art. Mm-hmm. What thoughts did you have? Highs? Lows? Any particular panel you thought was really great? We already know you didn't like the character design for the bureaucrat. <laughs> we got that. Right. Right. Any yeah. other thoughts on the sequential art on the interior? I thought that the art was well done uh, overall. It kind of has a rougher feel than uh, the comics you see on the stand these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do go into you know, game stores and they usually carry comic books and stuff and you kind of see them. Out. And I kind of get the impression that the art was a little bit less polished in this one than it might have been in the current ones. I don't know if that's across the board or if that's just this particular it, comic. It, I'll, I'll play defense attorney for the comic. It probably is because this is the late 80s and you're still using this newsprint paper. Mm -hmm. There's not digital technology yet. So digital art really does help smooth things out and crisp things. And they put it on higher quality paper these days. So there are certain upgrades to be had there. But overall, too, the artistic style, I could agree with you, is a little, I don't know, fast or rough. I mean, I still like it. I think it's good sequential art, but it's not about me. So, right. No, it's it's good. I didn't dislike it. I just it stood out to me because I noticed a difference and not have, you know, not having I didn't read comics from this era on forward, of course. So I don't know, you know, if that's changed or how it's changed, but it just kind of stood out to me. I can see what you mean. It's probably all hand drawn. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you get a little variances and, and things like that. And the paper definitely is is different, but it's not bad. And it's, I mean, it doesn't make it less enjoyable. It's oh, just that's good. stood out as different. Cool. Did you have a favorite piece of art that you, maybe the cover or something from the inside that you thought, oh, that was really well drawn? Actually, I thought not the cover itself, but the very first page that you get to, that it's kind of um, almost right. a reiteration of the shore leave. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a real interesting scene and it showed several little aliens kind of wandering around. It almost had a um, cantina, Moss Eisley cantina vibe to it to me. Fair. Yeah. That you, you didn't see in the show or really even in the movies. And I think that's probably due to the lack of special effects budgets and that kind of thing. But in the, in the comics, that's not an issue. So you really get a feel for a, a multicultural Starfleet with all these different aliens and races and things. I thought that was very interesting. 
Excellent. The final thing that we'll look at in terms of the comic book, and this one can also be the most fun, is the advertisements. There's a lot of fun, <laughs> old school ads in there. Yeah. Did you have any that leapt out at you or you're like, oh, man, I remember this or just any memorable ads in the comic? Yeah, there was a Tang ad with Pele. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Which, uh, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. It was it was great. It, it kind of brought back some memories. When Gemini 4 first launched men into space, Tang Instant Breakfast Drink went with them. Since then, people everywhere Morning. have launched the day with Tang. Because nothing fuels up your family like a nutritious breakfast in Tang. Tang has a fresh orange taste, a full day's supply of vitamin C in every glass. And it costs about one-third less than orange juice. From Gemini to the shuttle to Earth families. Great mornings have taken off with Tang. Launch your day with the goodness of Tang. Because I used to love Tang when I was a kid. But all the ads I thought were great. Honestly, the ads were some of my favorite parts of the experience, just looking through the ads and kind of remembering the things that I had forgotten over the years that I hadn't thought of in a long time. So I thought that was a lot of fun. The Pele Tang ad. I can even remember it after all these years. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it was a great one. It made me want some Tang. I don't even know. Do they still make Tang? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, it made me want some Tang. It really did. So it did its job, I guess. Well, that is awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it overall. We're going to take a quick podcast promo break. And when we come back, we'll see what our normie, Mr. Tim May, is going to rate his comic book experience here on a scale of 1 to 10. But we'll find out after the break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Quentin Robinson here. I recently attempted to sneak into the Longbox Crusade headquarters basement to watch some of the Albrecht Brothers action movies while the crew was out at the Saturday matinee theater. Too bad I had a little mishap and got stuck down here with no movies to boot. However, there are pieces of Pat's old podcasting equipment and excellent Wi-Fi service. So I decided to pass the time watching online fan films and talking about them. What, you don't know what a fan film is? Well, there are these non-theatrical movies that people post online of already established characters and settings. Hey, hey, hey now. Just wait and see. Save all judgment for what happens when you listen to Fan Film Fridays, a new podcast found on the Longbox Crusade podcast feed. Welcome back from the break. We are back with Mr. Tim May and Star Trek issue number 46 from DC Comics, January 1988. And it is time for the verdict. So given your experience with this book, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your experience with your comic here on Comics with Thormies? I would rate this experience a solid 8. Good. Uh, I thought it was very enjoyable and it actually inspired me to uh, go, I didn't go out, but I went on Amazon and uh, purchased a Star Wars comic and uh, started reading through that. It was the Darth Vader series that came out in 2015. Oh. I actually bought not the comic itself, but the compilation. The trade paperback. paperback. I got trade you. paperback, yeah, yeah. And read through that and, and had a real good time uh, reading that. So, oh, great. Uh, we might yeah. have won one over, boys. <laughs> 
We might. I recently acquired. They made a really nice hardback on the bus of Star Wars. I'm trying to remember exactly what it's called. I'm not going to remember what it's called for sure, but it is from the original run of Star Wars, the UK editions, the British mm-hmm. edition. Is there was different stories, unique stories that were released only in in oh, wow. unique articles and magazine articles and all this other stuff. And it's thick. I mean, thick book. And I got mm-hmm. it and I read all those. They were they were great. There's really great Star Wars stories in there. I mean, there was a story that shows you what happened immediately after the medal presentation ceremony in the mm-hmm. first, you know, A New Hope. It even explained why Chewie didn't get a medal because you know how we... And <laughs> so way back yeah. in like 1977, this British writer right after the movie came out wrote the reason for why Chewie didn't get a medal. And I was like, oh, right. it actually might have been an... I think it was an American... I think it might have been Archie Goodwood, an American writer. Anyway, really cool stuff there if you continue to dig into the, into the comic book mm-hmm. nerdery. It's there waiting for you. So on that same one to 10 scale, you gave this overall experience an eight. How interested would you be in reading issue number 47? Like if you had it in front of you, would you be like, oh, I'm definitely going to read that? Or well, maybe someday. If I had it easily accessible, I would definitely read it. Okay. Um, I like this one and I would be interested in following this line. I don't know how long it ran, but I'd be interested to see what they came up with as far as stories. Well, I can answer that question. This volume of Star Trek DC Comics falls into the volume one era, which was 1984 to 1988. So we are really on the closing Mm -hmm. of this volume. It ran for 56 issues plus three annuals. So there's only 10 more issues after the one that we read. And then it relaunches again in like 89, I want to say, and does another 80 issues and six annuals. So 56 issues it ran in volume one. And I'm here to tell you, having read a good handful of those now, they're excellent. I do recommend them. I believe it. I believe it. And so that brings us to our last question, which is just to wrap up. Any final thoughts on this foray into comic books that you have to wrap up your appearance here on Comics with Normie? Just that uh, I enjoyed reading the comic and it kind of turned me on to a possible new hobby. I don't know if I'll continue being able to have time to squeeze it in between everything else. We uh, understand. I, us, us collectors understand. I definitely enjoyed it, and I would definitely be interested in uh, in reading more. You know what? Since you did get into it, enjoyed it, and it, and it kind of pushed you to order the Star Trek one, I don't know. We'll have to let the fans decide, but I think we might need to have Tim May on like, this time next year and see if it developed <laughs> or if it didn't. It was like a follow-up episode. Yeah, I'd be down for that for sure. Awesome. And I want to thank Tim for being on Comics with Normies. If you have a question about this or any of our other episodes, hit us up on Twitter at Normies Podcast or on Facebook at Comics with Normies. Or you can hit me up personally at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. If you have any messages for Tim, you can leave those right on our Twitter and Facebook accounts as well, and I'll make sure he gets them. Well, thanks again for listening. We appreciate it here, and we'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, you guys keep reading comics and I'll keep finding somebody who doesn't. Bye! The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at joseflin 99 That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N 99. You will not regret it. 